Welcome to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. And we had one of our most important bills just passed this week. Ryan, you might be our best expert on this, but I think all of us can jump in. The only um, reason I'm an expert is because I have it written down on a piece of paper, but if that makes me the expert. <laughs> the well, expert. bills are written on paper. Well, they're in <laughs> cyberspace, too. Yeah. But but they're definitely a ton of paper still flying around the Capitol. So what did you write down on paper that our listeners really should know about, being in, in all seriousness? Uh, parents just took a major step forward in the state of Iowa in regard to their children's education. Why don't you share with our listeners why that is, and then we can get into the details. Yeah, so we've been talking about Senate File 496 for a while. It's the Parental Rights and Education Bill, and it uh, seems like we've talked about it a few weeks in a row because it's been bouncing back and forth between the House and the Senate. And just today, before uh, we started this podcast, the House finally passed passed a version that the Senate passed. So now it can go to the governor. Um, we It's her bill to, to start with, so we expect she's going to sign it, and it's going to become a law. Um, uh, it does a few important things. Uh, the big, Now, it does more than parental it, rights. Yeah, it, it has more in it than parental rights, and it has more in it than I'm going to tell you about. I'll probably tell you about a third of the bill here. But the parental um, rights really is significant, and I'm yeah. going to nerd out just for a minute go ahead. on the constitutional angle. As I understand it, we have now codified in this bill uh, decades of court cases that have found piecemeal that parents really do have fundamental constitutional rights for the upbringing and education of their children. Now it's in code. We don't have to try a new case every time it comes up. We can just point to this section of the code. Yeah, we don't have to worry about the courts changing their mind on something. Um, yeah, yep. it's so. a big deal. Yeah, it protects the parent's fundamental right to make decisions re- regarding uh, the child's medical care, moral upbringing, religious upbringing, um, residence, education, uh, and some other stuff. So it's, it's uh, yeah, good to get in code. Now, uh, just to pick a flashpoint, parents' morals might say that their kids shouldn't be taught that gender is fluid, right? And so this would give a parent a fundamental constitutional right to say no to their children being indoctrinated on gender fluidity. Correct. Yep. Right? Yep, that's the way I read it. What do you think, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was interesting during the debate, uh, probably more so in the Senate last night than the House today, was the argument between the two parties as to whether or not the bill protected children. Oh, yeah. The Republicans were arguing that the bill did protect children. Yeah. And the Democrats were arguing that it did not. And I thought uh, Senator Brad Zahn offered an an insightful, uh, a a good observation that really of those 50 senators, really, there's someone there who wants to hurt children. You know, stop and think about that for a moment. You don't win a popularity contest. (laughs) every two or four years running for the legislature by uh, having either a reputation or a platform that says, I want to hurt children. <laughs> it can't, uh, you know, it just, it's, just not, it's just not common sense. Danny, I will parenthetically say, though, when he said that during debate, mm-hmm. I wanted to shout from the top of my lungs that, in fact, it's right at the top of the Democrat platform to hurt children, i.e., Abortion on demand. 
through all nine months of pregnancy. But that's the parenthetical. We know last we, we know the debate was about kids in K through twelve schools primarily. Yeah. So yes, Brad's right about that. At least the Democrats don't say, quote, we want to hurt your children, unquote. However, when they militate for genital mutilation for minors and breast, uh, removing girls' breasts as minors during school and, and, and they're activists on transgenderism, I would disagree that that some people in that chamber weren't actually okay with hurting children. But But anyway— well, and that's that's my point exactly, Chuck. There there was a time, not that many years ago, really, and frankly, perhaps it's still the case in most of Iowa, most of the country. People can't conceive of of um, surgery that removes uh, genitals or breasts on minor children in the name of gender dysphoria, gender fluidity, but. Where where did this where did this come from? Where what can you know what I mean, Chug? It, it's almost unbelievable. But that was a seriously serious deliberative debate last night, particularly in the Senate. Maybe not so much in the House today. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're dealing with similar similar arguments. But we as Christians um, know where that came from. Yeah, that that came from the evil one. That that's destructive to children's bodies, but it's also destructive to God's mandate to be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. That's the end of every following potential generation for as long as time goes when a kid has his genitals removed. I mean, mean, it's the opposite of being fruitful. It's so irreversible. You don't change that. You can't change it. You don't change it. And probably it's such a small number of children that it escapes the notice of most Iowans. I mean, if you walk out here and, and walk down the down the street, go and go to a mall and talk to somebody, they wouldn't they wouldn't know what you're talking about. What what are you what are you talking about? But it seems to keep just growing a little bit, and for whatever reason, it is it dominated the debate last night. And uh, even in the legislature to the point to where, you know, this is a, a major initiative for the governor and the, and the House and Senate Republicans to move yeah. this bill forward. Well, you and I, we're the old guys in the room here. And to us, it's absolutely insane and absurd. And Romans one rabbit hole where people have been given over to a depraved mind. But when you look at the activism and the energy and the flags and the emails and the lanyards, this is the cause uh, DA, I think is the word, the cause of the day for the Democrats. And I'm not picking on a party to be partisan. No, they've made it there. They, they, it was it. obvious. That's what they were rallying around, speaker after speaker last night. That's that, They're rallying yeah. around this cause. Yeah. And so yeah. I, you and I were joking a little bit over lunch today that, you know, okay, so so be it. Uh, they're going to be meeting in a phone booth soon as elected representatives because the mainstream American surely isn't for genital mutilation of minors, no, is it? So. And I don't think it is. Another key provision of the bill before we move on is uh, deals with sexual orientation, gender identity. And, and it says this. I'll, I'll read it word for word. A school district shall not 
You know, we always take pause when we read that in a bill. Shall not provide any program, curriculum, test, survey, questionnaire, promotion, (coughs) instruction relating to gender identity or sexual orientation to students in kindergarten through sixth grade. Well, that's common sense. You don't want to sexualize a little child. But I will say, as a nerdy lawyer, that seems to run contrary to our um, messed up civil rights code. I think we're coming to a head soon. It might. This might end up in court, Ryan. Yeah, definitely possible. I expect there's going to be some ACL or what is it, a ACLU. ACLU. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Almost got the letters mixed up. But yeah, there's going to be some lawsuits here after this session, and some are starting in other states already. But yeah, it really is contradictory because right now our civil rights code says you can't discriminate based on gender identity and sexual orientation. Um, and then we're passing these bills that say, well, you can't discriminate on it, but we don't want to talk about it in K through six. So eventually we're going to have to decide yeah. as a people, which way are we going to go here? We can't have it both ways. Yeah. But. So what else besides the parental rights? Yeah. Well, actually there's more, uh, parental rights stuff I, I didn't even get to yet. Okay. Some of it has to do with the books issue in schools that you've probably heard about. I know we've talked about, um, school libraries, um, parents, these moms are finding a lot of, uh, horrible books in the schools, very, very graphic sexual books, um, pornography even. And this, this bill takes a step to help parents get that out of schools. It, for one, it uh, bans descriptions and depictions of sex acts in school libraries. And then it also creates, uh, it requires school boards to have, uh, to post a way or a process for how parents can challenge books that are found. So, Dan, you made a good point that Brad's on uh, refuted some of the nonsense uh, from the other side last night. One of the things that I thought he made an excellent analogy to was movies. Right now, if you take your if, – if a child goes into a movie theater that's uh, showing an R-rated or NC-17-rated show, the kid can be pulled out of that movie theater. It can be forcibly removed. And so just common sense tells us that you have to be able to differentiate between children and adults. So that's what we're talking about here, Ryan, right, is these uh, schools where there's young kids being exposed to pornography that would be they couldn't be exposed to at the movie theater. Right. Doesn't make sense. Yep. So, you know, as, as I mentioned, we're trying to get out of the classroom, get out of the library, get, prevent these kids, protect them from going down this path we've been talking about where uh, they're going to make these life-changing um, mutilation of their body decisions. And, and that's something we need to end as soon as possible. So uh, what's the bigger picture here? I mean, we had Education Savings Accounts or school choice passed January 24th of this year. But now these bills are going into the public schools. To me, what that means is our legislators haven't abandoned the public schools to the woke LGBTQ plus crowd. They're actually trying to keep the public schools from slipping any farther. Is that pretty close to accurate? Well, keep in mind, this bill we're talking about is called the Governor's Education Bill. This originated, this particular bill originated with Governor Reynolds. And um, I think it's more than accurate to say that Governor Reynolds has not uh, abandoned the public schools. Quite the opposite. Um, uh, Increased funding um, and uh, defending uh, children and parents and the rights of parents who choose to or must choose to send their kids to public school. And uh, 
you know, there's still 400 and some thousand Iowa children that will go public school now and next fall. Okay, I'm going to open a can of worms, and probably some or maybe many of our listeners won't agree with me. But this morning, I had the privilege of leading the legislative Bible study. There were, what, a dozen or so lawmakers in the room? Yeah, probably. And then another dozen or so lobbyists, pages, staff. staff, And then just some citizens that drive in for the Bible study. Anybody can come to the Bible study at the Capitol. It's been a really phenomenal deal. I've been there for 33 years. It's been going for 50 or more years. Anyway, we discussed this morning... What is God's purpose for government? And I handed out a little brochure that, in my opinion, you can't really find in the Bible where governments are called to do education. There's one government entity that I could find in the Bible after reading every verse in the Bible over one year from 1991. During 1991, I tried to summarize every verse in the Bible that said anything about government. And then I went back and looked at what the Bible says about health, education, and welfare. Kind of the the, the, the social welfare spending that governments do so much of. And the only place in the Bible I could find that the government did education was a pagan government that was teaching magic and enchantment. This was when Daniel and his Jewish friends were kidnapped out of Israel and sent to Babylon. So I just have to tell you, I've got a strong bias against government doing things that God didn't really design it to do. And and, and when government gets involved in, in welfare spending, what we often find is generational welfare. Because government really wasn't designed by God to deal with the root causes of poverty, promiscuity, sloth, uh, addictions. Well, when government gets involved in education, I would submit the history of that has not been great either. So I'm a big believer in home and private education. I'm not a big believer in government education. And so I'm not sure that this boat can be patched that has holes in it. Right. Certainly not waterproof. <laughs> it's not waterproof. But but I know that's a can of worms. I know that goes against tradition. It goes against 100-plus years of, you know, government spending on education. But I'm not, I'm not convinced that, that we can really teach the foundational truths that the Scripture talks about, i.e., the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I'm not sure that we can teach the fear of the Lord in government schools, and therefore, are we building on sand? Uh, well, Chuck, you you covered a whole waterfront of uh, American history, public education, uh, going back to the Louisiana Purchase and the setting aside of uh, land for, for public education that we yeah. could talk about uh, some other time. But um, the way I see it, parents have delegated through their power of self-government, the uh, responsibility for public schools to help in the education of their children. Uh, In the very beginning, I don't think it ever occurred to a parent that Christianity, the Bible, Christian morals, teaching, going back to uh, 
uh, what was that reader? McGuffey's or McGuffey's reader, reader the and, New England that incorporated primer. the yeah, New England primer. Uh, 1964 was the turning point. We all know that. That's when prayer was removed from public schools. And from there on, there's been a sanitizing process to remove any hint of Christianity from the public school. And now here we are today. And parents are expressing their dissatisfaction. COVID peeled the curtain back on that even more. Boom. And so now we have education savings accounts. We have this legislation and and parents are saying, fix this. And my prediction is that if public schools do not step up and fix it, pay attention to what's what the legislature is saying, they will lose customers. Mm-hmm. It's not that complicated. Yep. They will lose customers. Um, enrollment has been declining steadily for it, for a number of reasons already. Mm-hmm. And now with education savings accounts, $7,000 a year, those customers will have some jingle in their pocket to go elsewhere. And public schools, public education over the next 10 or 15 years will have to adjust accordingly. Yep. And uh, that that's what's taking place. Parents are reasserting their dominion, their, their um, God-given responsibility and right to direct the education of their children, and they're expressing that through their public elected officials. That's what we saw last night and today. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. We're winning. Yeah. yeah. It's the the, so, the ship um, is turning. Under under leadership yeah. um, of Governor Reynolds and some uh, legislative leaders, we're headed in the right direction. Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn, turn in the corner. So we have a lot to be thankful for here in Iowa. Uh, we're seeing some other states moving with school choice and I do believe in any arena, education or otherwise, competition does force those who are delivering services or goods to improve or get out of the business. Transparency as well. And we, again, this, this bill has even more tra- transparency provisions in it. We didn't even cover, um, you know, uh, parents can see lists of books, they see lists of curriculum. Um, they see what's in the surveys, so you're going to have a lot more access to see what's going on in school. That was one of the biggest complaints, was that some schools were hiding stuff from parents. Right. Uh, no, another one. <laughs> this, this bill's full of it. The uh, schools that have been hiding, um, uh, you know, when the student asks for to use a different pronoun or wants to transition, um, schools have been hiding that from parents, and this bill says the schools can no longer do that. So, again, this, this bill's full of good things. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, folks, there you have it. Education is improving in Iowa, and we at the Family Leader are going to continue to lobby our legislators and our governor to keep on keeping on and also honor them, those who are doing that. We did that last week. We'll continue to do that in an informal way. And, folks, um, keep active, keep involved, keep praying, and uh, revival is only a prayer away. Second Chronicles 714, if my people who are called by my name, that's us, folks, will humble ourselves and pray, seek his face and turn from wicked ways. He will hear from heaven, forgive our sins and heal our land. So let's uh, let's do that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this podcast and we thank you for the legislators and the governor who are doing such great work. We pray your blessing on them. And God, we just pray that we do our part too as well as uh, citizens first of your kingdom, but also citizens uh, of this earth, of these governments. 
We pray these things in the name of your blessed son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.